All right, welcome to the third episode of Metal Embassy. I'm Metal Chris of DC Heavy Metal, and on this episode, I interview Matt Hyde, who is the vocalist of the New Zealand-based band Beast Wars. The band, and Matt in particular, have overcome a lot, and you'll hear in this interview how cancer and chemotherapy treatment brought this band back together after being broken up. Also, you'll get an idea of what concerts might be like after the COVID pandemic since New Zealand has been allowing them and Beast Wars has been playing them. After the interview with Matt, you'll hear the song Storms of Mars, which is off the most recent Beast Wars studio album, 4. Hey, this is Metal Chris, and I've got Beast Wars frontman Matt Hyde with me here via Zoom. Beast Wars is a New Zealand-based sludgy doom metal band, and in June of 2019, they released their fourth full-length album, which is aptly titled Four. And in May of 2020, they released their first live album, Live at San Fran. Beast Wars isn't just a great metal band, though. They've overcome quite a lot as a band to even release these two aforementioned albums. Matt, thanks for joining me here on the Metal Embassy, and I'd like to start off by asking you about Beast Wars and the sort of planned breakup you guys had after your third album, The Death of All Things, that was released in 2016. And how did you guys exactly end up getting back together after that? Well, after the third album, we had spent a lot of time together, and I think it ran its natural course, as any relationship can do. So everyone sort of parted to the four corners of the earth, in a way. But then I got sick. It sort of brought us all back together, really, because suddenly um, I had members of the band turning up like on Sundays just to hang out. And then people started bringing instruments. And then Nathan came back from London and stayed with me, lived at my house for a bit. Once we kind of decided, well, why don't we do a record? So yeah, it was my cancer um, from my chemotherapy. It was something for me to look forward to at the end, and we all sort of... But yeah, that led to us going out and touring again and playing. And yeah, I think we've done three, four tours this year. I mean, obviously, we just toured New Zealand and Australia, but we've had some great shows. So you were diagnosed, I believe, with non Hodgkin lymphoma, correct? Which, yeah. And, yeah. And that is a form of cancer that affects your immune system, I believe, like your, your blood cells or something? No, for me, my pancreas had all well, the, you know, affects your immune system. It's, yeah, I was very ill. The crazy thing is that, like, my mother got it, not that cancer, but my mother got diagnosed the same age as I did. And my sister's just recently diagnosed in 46 too. It's just bizarre, flooding for our family. And all separate cancers, but we all seem to get it in our 40s. When my sister got diagnosed this year, it was like, whoa, this is pretty bizarre. So I think it's just something inside of us. I'm sorry to hear that about your sister too, and your mother, of course. There's been a lot of advancement and cancer therapy, especially with anti-nausea drugs. So you can take more chemotherapy now than you could 20 years ago. Well, my mum passed away. You know, she gave it a good battle, but it moved. But yeah, my sister's doing really well at this stage. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah, uh, cancer is a, a disease that affects but a lot of families in the Western world. Yeah, I think that's something that's affected a lot of people. You know, either your family or it could be a friend or whatever, but I think a lot of people know people whose lives have been touched by it. Yeah. So one thing I was trying to understand, were you still in contact with the band before your diagnosis, or had you all kind of gone your separate ways? James and Clayton and myself, we all live in the same city, but no, we had to have a break from each other. The band is a relationship, and it wasn't working. Just, you know, 
we'd spend a lot of time together. So it was like, it was very easy not to spend time with each other. Personally, I felt the end of the third record had kind of ended in a train wreck. So I was like, not really interested in making music. I went to university and stuff like that. And, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was weird how it unfolded. But, you know, I've had seen some pretty incredible nights that we've, you know, I've been a part of and incredible audience reactions. And, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion that our music actually makes people happy. So for, for us to be able to do that to people is a real privilege. But we just did, had a fantastic show in Wellington, the end of a tour, New Zealand tour. And it was just a great night. And um, people were just like, we needed that. You know, like sometimes we needed that escape, even though COVID has not affected New Zealand anywhere like the rest of the world. You know, New Zealand did experience lockdowns, but we're successfully, you know, we are living in a society where you can go to shows. I mean, there's concerts in New Zealand at the moment where 20,000 people are going. Well, that's yeah, a lot. I, yeah, I haven't, I have not been to a concert since March of last year. So almost a year here. I mean, this is the thing. Will it come back? I mean, it's come back here because we're the island at the end of the world. And we're, you know, I think we've only had 25 deaths. Was it 27? That's like a very small number. I yeah. think we've had 1,800 or 1,900 people with COVID. Yeah, it's pretty strict here. Like if you fly in, you have to go into a hotel um, that's run by the army and you, you don't get out. They test you three times, I think, day one, day three, day 12. And now they're thinking of testing another week after that because we had a few people turn up with the South African or the London or the English variant. But when gigs do come back for you guys, one thing we noticed here, because we had, was it six or seven weeks of lockdown, and then shows started again, and there was an explosion of people going out to see music. And also in New Zealand, because we don't have any imported music coming into the country, really. So it's been a boom time for New Zealand music, because that's all you got. And people are getting full houses. Everyone's getting full houses. And we have a government who's actually throwing a lot of money at the, at the arts. So a lot of people are getting funding, like for recording, for touring. That's great. It's quite incredible. That's kind of what I expect uh, when things like concerts and stuff come back and festivals. I think you're just going to see such a demand for them. Everything's going to sell out real quick. And I'm the kind of guy, I would usually go oh, to yeah. like two or three <laughs> concerts a week anyway. Before all this, I was going to a lot of shows. Yeah. It was a life change for me not to, I mean, I got friends that I really only know from seeing at concerts, but you go to so many, you see them all the time. And it's, it's definitely been a and shock. you don't see them. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, that whole culture that's built around that. When you go to the metal shows and whatever, or whatever it is you're into in your area and you go a lot, you know who the other regulars are because you see them all the time, you know? And, and so you just yeah. kind of build this, this camaraderie and it's been tough kind of just not seeing a lot of people I know like that. It's definitely weird. I think most people are ready for that to end. And even people I think they're like the more casual concert and music fans, I think are still going to be starved to just go out and do things with people again like that, so... I think music's, yeah, if, if anything, people realise, wow, what a magic experience going out to a show actually is. I mean, yeah. Yeah, will the world go back to how it was? It's, yeah, I, I know. It's just, but then again, I talked to my daughter's grandparents, and they told me in 62 when they left New Zealand, they had to make sure they had TV shots. They couldn't leave the country without having those shots. So, they, you know, the talk of having a travel passport once you've got the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. You know, these people living who have already gone through that. But we just forgot about it. I and mean, we weren't a part of it. I was born in 71. Of course, I'm not going <laughs> to know about what was happening in 61. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's the world's going to change. But music is so important for so many people. 
I want to jump back on here more about the Beast Wars, of course. So the thing that was really amazing to me is that in January of 2018, apparently about a week after you had finished your chemo treatments, you and the band went into the Blue Barn studio and recorded the fourth album. Can you tell me a bit of what that experience is like? Because I figured you must have just been exhausted, and yet your vocal performance on this is just massive. Well, actually, it wasn't a week. We worked it out. It was actually four weeks. But um, when you do chemo, it's like goes in 21-day cycles. Yeah, you are exhausted. You are. I was exhausted. I had to go at 9 o'clock in the morning, do about two hours, and then go home, and I had to sleep. But I would try and – and a lot of those were one takes on the album. Like, I'd just been at home for six months. It was really easy to sing it because, of, you know, all the frustration would build up. I was surprised by a lot of it because it was, was like, whoa. But I'm glad I recorded that moment of my life at that time. That's why I knew that it was really important to do the album around that time. We, we forget stuff so fast. It captured those emotions of that moment. And I was lucky because a lot of people go through that event in their life and they don't record it. They just move on. So I was quite lucky to be able to do that. It's a real powerful performance, not even knowing, you know, what was going on with you and the band behind all that. But after hearing that and just that album, it's pretty incredible. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to cover you guys here on the Metal Embassy, because I think there's a story that probably a lot of Americans haven't really heard about you guys. And I kind of want to, you know, change that. I want to I get people kind of talking about different bands and stuff on here and, and some of the cool stories that are out there that I think people haven't heard yet. It was just a really positive, you take something terrible or you're ill, it was just a positive thing to do. I think it was the right decision. And also made us all appreciate each other as friends. And I think the band's definitely a lot better after that period. We got better at actually treating each other with respect and knowing, okay, sometimes you have to walk away or sometimes you, we're all just human. Yeah, it was a great learning experience on many levels, not just like making an album. So that leads me to when exactly were the songs for four written? Because you said you were done with chemo, I guess, about four weeks before you started recording. So when were these songs being written? Oh, we had, they were, because um, Nathan, a drummer, is our main songwriter. And then Clayton, he wrote Storm of Mars. I was just being sent demos of riffs and all that. On a separate thing, I kept some diaries between we were broken up. I did a car trip to the top of the North Island here in New Zealand. Any idea was just put, put together. And it just unfolded. I think the first two records, we had all the songs already kind of written, third and fourth. It was a very, you know, it's how we did it. Demos into the studio, trying to capture magic. Even now, even though that was only, what, two years, three years, my mind's starting to, like, black it out. Like, it was different life. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs> yeah, it, been, it would have been about two years ago then that you would have been in the studio right about now, yeah. So to me, I think Storms of Mars, that was the track that really stands out to me the most on that album. I like the whole album a lot, but that one is, that's a song that I can listen to over and over. And it really speaks, I think, that song particularly about what you had been going through leading up to this album. You know, I'll play it at the end of the interview here so everyone can hear the song and hear your lyrics and everything, but it's really heavy. You talk about how the kind of going through the treatment and... Everything was sort of like a storm on Mars and how you just want 10 more years so you can watch your child grow up. This is heavy stuff. There's real rawness and pain there that I think just can't be faked. I think you guys really captured something special there. I've come to the conclusion that songs are spells. 
So we don't play that song live anymore. And I got asked why, why we don't play that live. I said, well, it's, it's a really strong song, like a strong spell, and you don't want to use it unless you need it. I was hanging out with my daughter yesterday, and we were driving. I'm living there on the south coast. This is the bottom of a North Island. And just driving, because she had a bad day. I said, hey, why don't we just jump in the car, go down to the beach, and we walked, southerly winds blowing. You know, we had a laugh. Jump back in the car, we're just driving. You know, that's the beauty of getting better is you get to hang out. Like my daughter's 14 now. She has a boyfriend. Her life is starting. The excitement. I just moved to this new suburb and it's near her school and she's all happy. And oh no, it's just great. It's great to, um, when I think back to that time, wanting to, I actually am getting to see my daughter grow. So I'm very thankful. But so it really was a scream to the universe. It's a heavy song, man, but I think that's kind of the appeal of it, too, you know? Not every band, I think, can capture something like that, so it's really cool that you guys did. Are there any other songs that you really like on 4? Omens is my favorite because it's a car journey, and I was traveling through this forest, like, far north. This old Mario woman was looking, and I was pointing at the sky. It was really weird. We're going through this misty forest. So everything in that song happened, and I just recently revisited it, went up there again. Yeah, it's very special far north. You know, I did see the pyramid and the hills on the gravel road, you know, and when I talk about being in the empty house where I used to live in Wellington, you know, living by myself. Yeah, all those things that have happened. And I love performing that song live. We still perform that song live. Yeah, I really enjoy that song. I think it captured Beast Wars. Like I said earlier, 4 was recorded in early 2018, and then in July of that year, Beast Wars performed their first live show in a few years, and the first one since you'd gotten out of treatment. That's the one that you guys released as the Live at San Fran live album back in May of 2020. And just listening to it, you know, I was obviously not at this show. (laughs) I've never been to New Zealand, though it looks like an awesome place. But it's pretty clear that the band was very excited to be back on stage and performing together. And there was something special really captured in that live moment. What was that return to stage like? Thinking back now, all I can remember being how exhausting and tough it was. Everyone's different after chemo, but my body didn't get rid of for, okay, I reckon about 15 months. So when I did that, I was so exhausted. I could hardly move on stage. So when I see, because I've obviously watched that concert, I'm not moving because I can't. All I can do is sing. Yeah, I just remember being so exhausted, but, like, the audience just made you sing. It was great. So how big is the San Fran? Um, I've, I've never been there, so how many oh, people does that hold? We used to get about 550 in there until the fire department said, no, you can't do that. So I think you get about 450 in <laughs> It was good in the old days. No, it's a great venue. In Wellington, it's kind of like it's the club show. Once a Wellington band can sell out San Fran, they're all sort of like, then they'll they mostly could be able to sell out other venues of that size throughout New Zealand. It's a good venue. You looked after really well. Any band in New Zealand will have a great night there. It seems like Beast Wars is going to continue on after not just the fourth and the live album, but, you know, sounds like you guys are planning on making some more music, writing some new songs. Do you have any kind of update on what you're working on right now in the um, future? Because it's the 10th anniversary of us releasing our debut album here in New Zealand. So we've got a bit of a big tour. So we're repressing the record. If we can do it all in time, do with pressing plants around the world because of COVID. And we also decided to record a brand new song and re-record a song we wrote 14 years ago. And then also a song that was meant to be on the first album that we never released. But maybe it's the right time to release it is now. 
it didn't fit all those years ago, but maybe it fits now. So yeah, there's three songs coming out in May, I believe. So that's kind of interesting because you said for the first two albums, you had a different kind of writing process than you do for the next two. So you're kind of going back, though, to an old song on this one. That's different than both. Yeah, it's cool. I had the rough mix yesterday. It's pretty good. But yeah, I'm actually going back tonight at six to do another vocal thing. And the guitars are going down for one of the songs. I mean, the final stuff. I think one song's being released on 11th of February, I believe, when we announce the tour. I wish it was an American tour, but we're not going to have any shows around here anytime soon. So do you think you'll ever come over here and play the U.S., maybe a festival or something? Yeah, it'd be amazing. I mean, we've played with so many bands from America. Um, it seems like you would fit on Psycho Las Vegas. It's a lot of the stoner and doomy stuff, you know, oh, sleep plays, that kind of we would, stuff. We and, would love that. Yeah. If you know them, give them, tell them, give us a call. <laughs> I do not know um, them, but I was supposed yeah, to no. go. I was supposed to go to Psycho <laughs> Vegas last summer and then the pandemic hit. I had my tickets and everything, yeah. but not to be. But I think they're still going to be doing them going forward. So That's one festival that people from this part of the world travel to go to, especially a lot of our friends in Melbourne, Australia. They always go to that festival. It's a bit of a pilgrimage. So, yeah, we'd love to be a part of that. Cool. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, yeah, who knows what will happen to the world. Well, one thing here on the Metal Embassy is I like to make sure that people know that trade doesn't go just one way, and it's not just you giving me your awesome story here. So what I like to do is pick a band from my area, and if you'll send me your email address that you have a Bandcamp account associated with, I will gift you an album from one of our local bands that I think is something that you would really like. And so for this one, I actually... Okay, cool. Yeah, I, you know, kind of goes both ways, you know? <laughs> so I yeah. thought there's a local band called Serpents of Secrecy from around here, and they're kind of a... I don't want to call them a super group because they're all kind of locals, but they're guys that have been in a bunch of other local metal bands, and they formed this band, and uh, they have been through some hardship of their own as well. Their bass player, the Reverend Jim Forrester, in 2017 had some serious health issues as well. And the band was putting together, you know, benefit shows for him and, you know, selling all kinds of stuff and donations and whatever they set up for him. And this guy was in the hospital for, for a couple months and they went through a lot of rough stuff. And then he finally got out, got over all that stuff. Started playing with the band live again, and then, unfortunately, December of that year, he was murdered on the streets of Baltimore outside of the tattoo shop he worked at. And they put out their debut album, finally, in October of 2020, and it's the last recordings of Jim. And again, it's, it's, uh, it's got that kind of heavy vibe that it's, uh, it's a lot of healing going on for the band on this, you know, the people that knew him and things. I don't know, I guess in a way their story kind of reminded me of yours, and so I thought you might want to check it out. I think it's a really good album, too, so I'll, I'll buy that I'll for you. I'll check it out, but yeah, I remember reading about the story. I think it was in, like, Metal Sucks, one of those internet online things. That is crazy. Yeah, he Poor was guy. in a couple other bands, too, also a band called Foghound, and they put out a song that they had recorded with him called Keep On Shuffling It. And after all the things they'd done to help him out with his medical bills and help him get better and get everything back, to have it just ended that way, it was just such a, such a backward, you know. That's insane. It's like you don't even know what to call it. It's, it's I don't know. The world's not supposed to work that way, but, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it's just unfair. Yeah. You know, like, that is unfair. Yeah, it really was. So, anyway, I just mm. thought I would send you their album. It's really good. It just came out in October, so it's still pretty fresh. 
And thanks a lot for doing the Metal Embassy thing here. I really appreciate it. I'll definitely let you know when this is up. <laughs> so cool. Thanks for the call. And um, the Serpents of Secrecy, I will check that. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot. Okay, Chris. You have a good day, mate. See ya. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Matt Hyde, the singer of Beast Wars, who are from New Zealand. I'm a big fan of the band, and I'm excited to share the song Storms of Mars. We talked about this song in the interview, so be sure to listen closely to the lyrics, which were inspired by the diaries and journals that he was writing during his chemotherapy treatment.
Metal Embassy is brought to you by me, Metal Chris, and DCHeavyMetal.com. I personally record, edit, and produce each episode for your listening pleasure. The Metal Embassy theme and credit music was written, recorded, and produced by Stefan Ilya. The Metal Embassy logo was made by the Lord of the Logos, Christoph Spazgel. If you have questions, comments, criticism, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email me at dcheavymetal at gmail.com. This episode was recorded in Adobe Audition, and I used an Electro Voice RE320 microphone. I conducted the interview with Matt Hyde via Zoom on February 4th, 2021, although in New Zealand at the time, it was already February 5th. The song Storms of Mars was used with permission and can be purchased along with the rest of Beast Wars discography at beastwars.bandcamp.com. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the show, and until next time, keep it metal, everybody.